another episode of eQuest Answers. I'm your host, CJ Stevenson. I grew up in the rodeo world, and I have always wanted to learn how to carriage drive so I could be one of the check wagon racers, hauling butt around the arena with the crowds cheering, the thunder of hooves, and the dust flying as I made each lap. I remember thinking, wow, how does each horse know what to do? How is the driver controlling them? I was in awe. When I joined eQuest, I saw therapeutic carriage driving for the very first time. I thought, that's so cool, how fun, but I didn't understand how carriage driving could be therapeutic until I hopped in one day. With me today to discuss therapeutic carriage driving is Amy Causey. Amy is a PATH International Master Therapeutic Riding Instructor and Level 1 Therapeutic Carriage Driving Instructor. Amy is also Director of Program Quality and Development at eQuest. Welcome, Amy. Hi. Um, So many in the industry see therapeutic carriage driving as an alternative to traditional therapeutic horsemanship. Why is driving a good option? So here at eQuest, uh, we offer driving to some of our clients that may not be able to physically sit on the back of a horse, but they are able to sit in their wheelchair or sit um, independently in the seat of the carriage. So it's a good option for those that may be over our weight limit or that physically can't sit astride a horse, but still have the core trunk control to be able to manage their bodies in a sitting position. So um, so those are some of the benefits where we, if we can't have them mounted, they can also um, still participate in one of our programs. Yeah, and I think it's really difficult for people to grasp how mentally and physically challenging therapeutic carriage driving really is. Um, when you think about carriage driving, you think of like the smooth movement of a horse-drawn carriage that's taking you around to look at Christmas lights. And from personal experience, getting in the carriage, that is not <laughs> what it really feels like. Um, it's like a serious ab workout when the when the um, carriage is rocking back and forth. So can you share what is happening physically and cognitively when someone is driving? Sure, absolutely. So um, you're absolutely right. There is actually a lot of work that involves sitting still while you're in the carriage and engaging those core muscles to keep yourself balanced, even if you are sitting in a chair. Uh, The input that comes up through our particular carriage has pneumatic tires with air in them. So uh, there's a lot of squish and movement over any of the little bumps and rivets or anything that's in the arena. Uh, So there's a lot more input than you would think going across even the pretty smooth surface of our sand in our arena. And as the horse stops and starts, you also have um, the change of your body position. So when when the carriage stops, all that inertia of your body moving forward, you have to be able to control yourself from tipping too far forward because that movement of the carriage has stopped so your body also has to balance against that movement so starting and stopping in those transitions can really challenge the core um, in the carriage and what about cognitively like you're having to remember to move this arena or this arena this rain to go this way and this way and I've seen you do the obstacle courses and of course you make it look super easy but I know it's a lot more complicated than that. It is. So um, it, it's, it is direct reining. So when you want to turn left, you pull on the left rein. When you want to turn right, you pull on the right rein. That's the very basic elementary piece of it. But to keep the horse balanced between the shafts and make them turn correctly in the corners, there's also a lot of balancing in your outside rein and outside aids. And you don't have your legs to put on the horse to help keep it balanced. So we also use our whip to help guide the horse's midsection and hindquarters and even their shoulders if, um, if we need to balance that way. So 
there are a lot of pieces of, of driving and a lot of things to process, even if you aren't using all of your aids like you would on horseback. So just being able to manage speed and having good connection um, involves a lot of processing. And then we do a lot of sequencing where there are parts where you are going from maybe a set of cones to another set of cones or asking for a bend. Um, and those um, will uh, encourage that cognitive development of, of the sequencing and remembering steps and, and processing all of that. Um, so it's, it's a lot more challenging than you would think. Definitely. Um, what kind of daily living skill goals are typically set and accomplished? Well, for example, with one of our clients right now that um, is in a wheelchair and is non-ambulatory, this is her time for her body to engage through her core. So all that physical input helps her actually sit better in her chair where she's not slouching and slumping because it, 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 that movement has to come up through her body and she has to learn how to work against it and it engages her core muscles um, to react. When she's just sitting in her chair and being still, even if somebody's pushing her, um, she's not getting the same input as she would in the carriage uh, and then a lot of the other uh, goals go to the cognitive side with the sequencing following directions being able to you know multitask and um, uh, follow directions um, and even just processing one or two things at a time um, so that because there's you're balancing your range you're sitting you're looking uh, and then you've got this horse with nose way far in front of you. So there's a spatial relationship too that you really have to work on um, because you're not just sitting atop of the horse that's underneath you. you. The horse is a much farther in front of you than it would be mounted. Um, can you share a story? You kind of did already, but can you share a story of one of the successes you saw with the therapeutic carriage driving client? That is really hard to say. <laughs> Right, absolutely. Uh, so we are working with a client right now that has a lot of physical challenges. And um, when she's in the carriage, when we first uh, load the chair and help her get into the carriage, um, she's not, be able, not able to make eye contact or divert her gaze or um, keep her head centered over her shoulders and, and torso. But once the movement starts and that um, muscle memory starts firing, she's able to do all of those things. So it really helps her, uh, those pieces actually help her muscle memory and her brain connect and um, tell her body to do more things than if she's just sitting in her chair without the movement. Uh, so it's been it's been great to see her progress, um, build some muscle strength, and then also be able to interact with all the volunteers in the class. And we also tell really good jokes in that class too, so it's really fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amy, for sitting down with us, and thank you so much for joining us for another eQuest Answers. Next week, I will be speaking with Leslie West, licensed professional counselor intern, PATH International equine specialist in mental health and learning, and counseling program manager here at eQuest about trauma and how equine-facilitated counseling can impact an individual's recovery. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share on social media and tell your friends. We want this series to be about you, the audience, so please comment with your questions about horses, the therapeutic riding industry, veterans, counseling, specific diagnoses, or whatever else you want to learn more about. And I will find the expert. Until next time.